Support for The Motley Fool Industry Focus comes from TurboTax Live, new from TurboTax. Now you can get a personal review of your tax return with a CPA or EA right on your screen. Talk live with a tax expert as often as you need for tax advice to help you file with confidence. Go to TurboTaxLive.com fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today we're talking energy and industrials. It is Thursday, the 5th of, I was going to say March, but it's April. April came upon us very <laughs> quickly. everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Sarah Priestley, and joining me on Skype is Motley Fool Canada Premium Analyst, Taylor Muckman. Taylor, you are preparing for the baseball. Yes, that's it. Opening day in Nationals Park. Well, I really appreciate you fitting us in <laughs> yeah. to, to talk a little about solar stocks before you go and uh, enjoy the nachos and all the other good things. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'll be soaking up some solar energy of my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we wanted to talk about uh, solar this week because last week Saudi Arabia announced plans to build the world's biggest solar project uh, in the mm-hmm. desert. So the project could result in 200 gigawatts of power becoming available by 2030, which actually is not that long away. Um, To put that into perspective, that's the same amount as the total global supply last year. So it's pretty huge. It's wild to think about. It is. It's going to be absolutely ginormous. I think it's going to be 100 times bigger uh, than any other solar farm that's around. Um, Mm. It's also being backed by uh, SoftBank as part of the Vision Fund um, that we've talked about before on the show with Saudi Arabia. And if completed in its entirety, it could cost $200 billion. So it's just crazy expensive, very, very big. Um, it could triple the kingdom's entire electricity capacity. And what's interesting about this is it could become a net exporter of renewable power. Um, what do you make of it all, Taylor? Yeah, well, I mean, whenever you hear uh, the name Saudi Arabia associated with anything but oil and gas, you kind of have to raise an eyebrow. But this is... Uh basically trying to wean the entire country off of oil and gas mm-hmm. other than the need to sell it to, to fund um, infrastructure and social spending and things like that. Um, it, it's it's a, the biggest endeavor ever in renewable energy, and uh, to see it backed by SoftBank, I think, lends a lot of credence to it, and uh, I, I see um, very little doubt that this is actually going to move forward. Maybe it's not quite as big as they plan when it's all said and done, but uh, SoftBank is is known for or is known for making things happen, and they won't be funding all of it because their fund is uh, slightly less than a hundred billion dollars. But mm-hmm. uh, just them being a partner is certainly um, something that adds some notoriety, and uh, it's kind of kind of a head scratcher when you think about it. The times are changing, and this is one of the biggest signs of that that I that I can remember reading about. Over the last several years, um, just Saudi Arabia and solar—not two—not two words that you would normally put together. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I, I, I may, may be butchering this, but if I remember it correctly, I think SoftBank has committed about fifty billion, maybe just under, to the Vision uh, Fund, and then mm-hmm. um, Saudi Arabia is bringing potentially up to two hundred billion plus that five percent of Saudi Aramco that they're planning to IPO. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Pretty well funded as an entity, uh, and it makes sense that they would do this. I mean, if you think about it, solar power is obviously going to work well in the desert. There's a lot of sun, a lot of empty mm-hmm. space, 
And uh, the biggest difference between um, that kind of climate and our kind of climate is that peak demand um, runs is, is at the same time as aligned with peak supply. Because sure. what we the issue that we have obviously is when it's cold is when we want to, uh, you know, stay inside and be warm and things like that. And when it's hot there, people are running their air conditioners. So mm-hmm. it's it's a much more conducive environment. Um, and the Prince Mohammed had an interesting quote. He said, the kingdom has great sunshine, great size of available land and great engineers, great labor, but most importantly, the best and greatest vision. So <laughs> to, <laughs> goes for, right along with the vision fund, I guess. There. Yeah. So for what yeah. you said, I think you're exactly right. I think that we may see a more diluted version of um, this project, but it's certainly interesting and it's, it's definitely kind of a bastion of what can be done with um, solar energy. Yeah, and you're looking at maybe close to 100,000 jobs being created. Granted, some of those will be temporary just during the construction phase. But um, certainly that big driver of growth there for their economy. And they're talking about building a, a solar panel manufacturing plant within the country that can handle this. So you're not going to be looking at outside producers of solar panels uh, to be really helping out maybe at the very beginning. But it seems like Saudi Arabia is is kind of bent on – um, producing everything that they need for this all in-house, which uh, won't necessarily have huge global implications within the solar industry, but it will certainly, once this is done, will certainly have big global implications in the fossil fuel industry just simply by reducing the demand from within Saudi Arabia. Meanwhile, they still need to sell a similar amount of oil and natural gas to fund their budgets. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out in, in a relatively short period of time since they're trying to get this up and running with it under in, in under just a couple decades. Mm-hmm. No, you're exactly right. I think, I mean, if, if it's kind of t- under 12 years um, and so much potential, but I think you're exactly right. It's a balancing act um, yep. for them, especially with, you know, oil, the prices um, fluctuating as they have been, obviously stabilizing now, but uh, they will definitely be hoping that long may that continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of wanted to bring it back to the U.S. Um, and talk about the U.S. solar industry and what's been going on because uh, we talked about tariffs, um, I'm trying to remember, probably a couple of months ago now. Uh, yeah, and, and that's right. Yeah, and that's all shaking out in earnings reports and things like that. So uh, just kind of an overview, how is the U.S. solar market doing right now? Well, so it's still growing uh, quite rapidly, and although growth is somewhat slowing, so you saw um, a loss of about 10,000 jobs in the industry last year, and that's mainly uh, due to some slowing growth, so so not reversal of growth, but just some slowing growth in um, California, which is by far the largest solar market in the United States. When you look at uh, total installations and generating capacity um, from just like about a year ago, you're looking at California being more than four times um, the size in terms of generating capacity than the second biggest state, which was Arizona. It's also uh, four times larger than um, about 40 states combined, the bottom 40 states combined. So obviously, if that market slows down, you're going to see some pullback in terms of overall employment. And that's what we saw last year. Although when you look at um, just growth in terms of solar power pro- uh, providing from the industry, uh, massive growth still. 
Um, you looked at it, solar power accounting for about 25% of new power plant capacity last year. So okay. still making huge, huge inroads, but uh, we're starting from a small base. So it's still um, only a few percent of total power produced within the country. Um, but it, it is making a dent uh, slowly but surely on a grand scale, but very rapidly within the renewable energy uh, space and roughly about $210 million in revenue within the U.S., up from only about $40 million about a decade ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, about five times larger than it was 10 years ago and uh, continuing to grow. But, uh, yeah, we're still trying to see how those tariffs are going to shake out. Uh, probably going to see that impact this year, maybe a little bit more on the, on the job loss side. And you could see some slowing on the installation side, especially on the utility scale, commercial scale um, opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, generally there seems to have been a pullback in terms of the um, the allocation of budget in terms of uh, sell for sales and marketing too. I think mm -hmm. Tesla uh, Tesla's um, SolarCity uh, commented on this that they they usually are very aggressive in terms of the the sales people that they're sending out to pitch a lot of residential solar. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's natural that there's a contraction in the market when you stop pushing um, when you stop marketing to the extent yep. that they have been. Um, for sure. So solar kind of went from this sort of futuristic, expensive and not widely adopted technology because it was pretty mm -hmm. inefficient in the 70s and 80s to where it is today, which is efficient and reasonably cheap. Um, so just on the residential side, the total cost of rooftop solar system fell by 61% between 2010 and 2017. That's pretty staggering. Um, yes. Do we think? Do you think that we've kind of uncovered the efficiencies that can be found, um, especially on the residential side? Um, I would say that, like, I guess on a on a total basis, yeah, probably we're pretty close to reaching um, maximum efficiency unless something really wild happens. But you're just, you're, I, I imagine, still seeing some percentage gains um, over the next, you know, five to ten years, and something could come along and totally revolutionize the the way that we manufacture these panels. And it, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we we saw it with oil and gas; things mm -hmm. are pretty much steady eddy for about 20, 30 years, and then all of a sudden shale technology comes along and totally disrupts everything. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see some new technology come out and, and change the game again for solar. But uh, I think right now you're probably um, scratching for, for more growth rather than uh, seeing it happen fairly easily. And uh, But it's near parity or at parity with most other options, so it's it's an option for everyone right now, uh, much more so than it used to be even a year ago. Which I think, when you look at it that way, uh, the durability of the cells is also uh, much higher. So you're going to see these panels lasting longer, and, and that's a big deal for residential uh, installations. I think because if you think, oh, I'm going to have to replace these in the next five years, you might be a little bit more hesitant. But if they're going to last a decade or two, then certainly you'll you'll get that payback. Um, although in California, you've seen such an increase in solar panel uh, production that the, the price of electricity that folks are, are allowed to sell back to the market has kind of declined to a point where it's almost not really becoming helpful. So if we, if we scale too quickly and in uh, specific areas, it might detour people from, from signing up and installing residential solar. But as a whole, I think you're, you're pretty much – where you're going to be for the mm -hmm. next several years, unless something game-changing comes along. 
which of course, as you said, it, it definitely could. Um, interestingly, you know, we've, you, we've talked about California, but uh, in March last year, there were 14 days where California paid Arizona to take electricity generated from um, from solar. <laughs> yeah, um, it's pretty wild. And yeah, Arizona is. being the number two largest uh, installed state in terms of solar power. So um, it, just that corner of the of the U.S. is, is a hotbed for solar. But yeah, to sell power to a, a, a just to take it off your hands, normally <laughs> normally you would be charging people for that. But, yeah. Uh, well, it, it also kind of underlines a, another issue with um, that we're having in terms of the integration of renewable energy with conventional systems. Um, and I imagine that there was a little bit of power brokering over kind of uh, how how that was all um, disseminated. Uh, so it's interesting to see these traditional power players, how it's all going to shake out with uh, the new guys on the block, as it were. Yeah. Um, so before we go on to talk about a few solar stocks you might want to consider or not consider, uh, I would like to thank our sponsor for today. Um, support for Industry Focus comes from TurboTax Live. New from TurboTax, now you can get a personal review of your tax return with a CPA or an EA right on your screen. Quickly connect to a tax expert via one-way video as often as you need for answers and advice on your taxes. You can even have an expert review your return before you file, make any necessary changes, and it's all backed with 100% accuracy guarantee. File with complete confidence. Connect with a TurboTax Live expert today at TurboTaxLive.com slash full. That's TurboTaxLive.com slash full. Uh, so Taylor, we've talked all about um, solar uh, in the US so far. I've seen a lot of kind of bearish commentary, but I think um, I think on average, residential solar grew by almost 50% uh, a year mm. over the last kind of nine years. So you're bound to see a pullback at some point. Right, yep. Mm -hmm. um, and as you said, it's highly concentrated in kind of California and Arizona. So I don't necessarily think that people should use that um, as something to stick to as a reason not to invest. Uh, there's plenty of potential opportunity here. So we mentioned uh, Solar City uh, just kind of briefly because it's it's difficult to um, th they're tied in with Tesla now oh. after that after that. Uh, after the Tesla bought them in 2016, um, but Solar City posted the largest declines in the industry in installation. So they used to be the biggest solar installer. They were about a third of the national market, um, but their sales fell 38% in 2017. But and that's including residential and commercial. And I think a lot of that it was tied into this ending their door-to-door -door sales technique and cutting customer acquisition spending. Um, are you concerned about that, or are you kind of staying out of this whole Tesla Solar City game? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm a Tesla shareholder by way of Solar City, so mm -hmm. uh, certainly still interested in the company. I do wonder though if maybe uh, with so much going on at Tesla and the, and the Gigafactory that maybe uh, Solar City is kind of taking a back seat to uh, some of the things that are going on there, um, and so maybe that maybe that's a little bit of the reason why. But also, you're seeing the utility and commercial side. Um, being uh, somewhat of a larger driver now that major companies are getting involved in, in the solar power game. And so I think maybe if you're, if you're going to take a step into uh, solar energy uh, as an investor, maybe take a look at a, a couple other companies mm -hmm. than Tesla. Obviously, Tesla gives you a little bit more of a diversified uh, approach to renewable energy with electric cars, batteries, and solar. But um, a lot going on there and a pretty volatile stock. Um, 
and uh, some questions on the on the automotive side. So if you just want a pure play solar uh, investment, that's that's not the the proper way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I would honestly I love the, everything that they're doing with the Gigafactory, um, and I certainly think that Solar City has potential. When you look at some of the projects that they're working on, mm-hmm. uh, if you're on their site, I think they have a couple of their kind of prototype um, industry setups. So I think they have like a couple of vineyards that they're working with uh, to store. So they're collecting this energy through through uh, the solar cells, and then they're storing it using um, batteries that they're creating uh, at the Gigafactory. So I think it kind of makes sense it's very easy to buy into that story but as you said it's just there's too much drama for a lot of people right now yeah absolutely uh, i mean if you want to look at a couple of companies i think some power mm-hmm. is is one that you could certainly take a close look at it's one of the the best and biggest manufacturers in the world and uh makes one of if not the most mass uh, produced and efficient solar panels which they call the x series and uh so very innovative company, been in the business a long, long time, um, and it's number one market share in commercial solar in the U.S. And because of this product, and it's one of the top spots in residential solar as well. So I think that you kind of get access to both markets there with SunPower. And then if you want to you know, focus a little bit more strictly on the residential side, uh, Vivint Solar, which ticker is uh, VSLR. Uh, that's more focused on the residential side, selling and building these systems for uh, several thousands of customers around the country. And uh, I definitely think that you know gives you a pure play on the residential side and uh, certainly a little bit more volatile than the commercial side because you're dealing with smaller budgets, smaller projects, more widely distributed. So your sales force is basically needing to go door to door versus big companies calling up some, the likes of some power and others and saying, Hey, we want you to like submit a proposal. Um, that's, that's one of the big drawbacks of residential is because you're either setting up like a kiosk in a home depot, like solar city has done in the past, or you have a sales force out on the streets going door to door, which can be a little expensive. And you saw that with solar city driving up their, their cost structure, um, with the sales force. But, uh, Vivint solar is, is one option that I think investors, could choose as it's one of the lowest cost suppliers in the market. And um, when it comes to residential, low cost is, is one of the biggest advantages you can have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm also a big fan of SunPower and a lot of that because, you know, they've got some of the highest efficiency solar panels. And then, um, mm-hmm. you correct me if I'm wrong, but they're fairly vertically integrated. Is that right? Yes, they are. Yeah, so they're they're producing and 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 distributing. So and installing. So yeah, it's it's definitely more vertically integrated than most. Mm-hmm. That's what some. That's what Solar City is trying to do. They bought a, a manufacturing facility in the Northeast uh, a couple years ago. I'm struggling to remember if it's up and running. I don't believe it is yet. Uh, if it is, it's it's at a small scale. But Solar City is attempting to do the same thing. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, Sun Power has been doing this for for several years now, and and quite successfully. Mm-hmm. And Sun Power are uh, definitely one of the companies that are going to be impacted by the tariffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually do have a manufacturing site in Silicon Valley, but it, it will only be producing about five percent of next year's uh, total expected demand. Um, and if you were to go and Google uh, Sun Power right now, you would see that they had a pretty big loss in the fourth quarter. Um, 
However, I think there's there's more to that story than the kind of, I think it's 568 million gap loss. Um, there's one-time charges related to importing about six months worth of panels and then mm-hmm. an accounting quirk where the company is selling, is bundling and selling some leases, uh-huh. um, selling the debt. Um, and that has led them to reevaluate a lot of the remaining leases on their balance sheet. So it's it's not as bad um, as you would think. Otherwise, the results were in line with guidance. But um, just in case anybody thinks <laughs> sees those headlines and thinks we've gone crazy, there's definitely more to that story. Yeah, absolutely. you got to dig a little deeper. And uh, over the last year, shares have, have outperformed the market a little bit, um, although in a much more volatile fashion mm-hmm. than, the, than the benchmark. But uh, certainly something to consider. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one company I wanted to talk about was uh, First Solar, which I think you may have already mentioned. Um, they make thin film semiconductor modules. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we're kind of seeing this. You are the absolute expert here, so <laughs> so please uh, jump in if I'm getting any of this wrong. But we're kind of seeing this move um, where the crystalline semiconductors are sort of hitting an efficiency limit that um, thin film is surpassing. So even though it, it is now slightly more expensive to manufacture, it could possibly be more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so there could be some gains to be made there, you know, if these panels can withstand higher heat and operate at the same efficiency as cheaper panels under kind of stressful environments, that could be a, a unique selling point for them. Yeah, I believe that's called their their Series 6 panel, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is a company that's very similar to SunPower. Um, more ver- vertically integrated than most, and a global company that also deals with the commercial and utility scale-sized opportunities. Um, and they have had some bookings already in 2018, despite the tariffs. So I think about uh, 1.3 gigawatts ha- have already been booked um, in this first quarter of 2018. So we'll see how that continues to play out for the rest of the year. But uh, companies still announcing. Uh, business wins despite the tariffs being announced. Um, so certainly another option and, and one that we have recommended in uh, the Foolish Universe before, I think as as uh, recently as uh, June or July of last year in, in our co-founders service rule breakers. So certainly a company to keep your eye on. And uh, if you look at its performance over the last uh, year or so, um, the, the company has has been on fire so mm-hmm. in terms of the stock and um, and results so I would I would lump first solar into that same uh, bucket as SunPower as a, as a more diversified solar company that, that investors could take a look at mm-hmm. and one company uh, that people may have seen in the news because it's just recently invested in a new plant at Jacksonville Florida um, that I would probably caution people away from is uh, Jinko Solar, am I saying that right, Taylor? Uh, I believe so. I don't know a whole heck of a lot about it, but I do think that you're pronouncing it correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's a Chinese firm. It makes solar module solar cells, silicon wafers. Um, It operates predominantly internationally, so they're about 70% outside of China, and they do manufacturing Uh and solar projects. Um, It's the lowest-cost manufacturer of PV silicon modules. However, um, just looking at their results last month, they had incredibly... Incredibly high sales growth, um, but they are not feeling it on the bottom line. So they're just, their margins are shrinking and shrinking, even though that they're generating all of the scales. So that's definitely something to watch. It's def- it's kind of moving away from a sk- scale game um, to an efficiency game, 
uh, though it's interesting to see them investing in the U.S. Yep. Um, one other last thing I wanted to mention is if you do not want to invest in a, a solar pure play, there are options with utilities. Um, just a couple AES operates in the U.S., Latin America and Asia uh, is increasingly focusing on renewables. Um, it's formed a company with Siemens called Fluence to develop energy storage solutions. And that's kind of a gap in this technology is how we store uh, a lot of the energy that's generated. Um, and next era, which if you're in the in, if you're in the game, you will definitely know NextEra. It calls itself the world's largest generator of renewable energy from the wind mm-hmm. and sun. Um, for both of these, you know, they're, they're mixed in with a lot of other projects and things like that. So it's it's a different uh, ball game, but it's they're certainly worth considering. Yeah, they've got those energy yield codes out there and yeah. uh, basically drop-down uh, partnerships. So NextEra Energy formed by NextEra Ener- or NextEra Energy Partners formed by NextEra Energy where they NextEra Energy basically will build the projects and then sell them down to NextEra Energy Partners um, so that NextEra Energy Partners can run them and pay out the yield to investors and the parent company NextEra Energy can then build a new project and then sell it down uh, again and, and Brookfield Asset Management has done something similar with Brookfield Renewable Partners uh, so maybe another uh, area to look at there. Big fan of the whole Brookfield family mm-hmm. um, because a uh, long legacy of, of infrastructure building and, and projects around the world and with the backing of Brookfield Asset Management uh, certainly takes out some of the, the risk involved in, in running a utility on the renewable side. So maybe uh, Brookfield Renewable Partners, ticker BEP, would be another option to consider. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Thank you very much yep. for talking to me about solar. There is one tidbit that I thought you might be interested in, and that's my home country, the UK, uh, in 2017 had historically low emissions, and solar became uh, part of the country's renewable um, resource, which accounted for almost 50% of electricity generation last no year. No kidding. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, so I, I just thought I'd you know, toot that horn. But <laughs> for sure. Um, well, yeah, ha- Europe, Europe has definitely taken the, taken the mantle when it comes to not just solar, but wind power as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at a lot of countries over there, um, the Netherlands, Portugal, Spain, all, all getting involved with renewable energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the UK actually signed an agreement with uh, Saudi Arabia. The same, this was announced at the same time as this whole um, huge solar project was announced. Um, that they're going to to share knowledge on um, s- solar and how to become more efficiency, uh, more efficient, and all those kinds of things. So it's mm-hmm. interesting to see these knowledge sharing agreements being made. But um, enjoy the baseball. I will not keep you any longer. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Happy to help out. Well, thank you very much. That's yep. it from us today. If you'd like to get in touch, please feel free to email us at industryfocus@full.com or tweet us on Twitter at mfindustryfocus. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and as and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thank you to Steve for producing the show today. For Taylor, I'm Sarah Priestley. Thanks for listening, and full on.